0: Pretty big day in music history. It is hard to believe, but it was actually 35 years ago to the day that Live Aid and, in particular, Queen took over the world. <laughs> it okay, was such a great stirring and riveting performance, Freddie Mercury and Queen that day. And joining us now to relive it is our friend and music expert, Eric Elper. He's on the line and joins us here on Global News Radio. Eric, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Boy, that brings back a lot of memories.
0: Doesn't? I mean, Queen's performance that day, Eric, was really kind of the gold standard of all of the uh, live aid performances. What was it? What was it about Queen that day?
1: Um, I, I think it was a number of things, you know, but you're absolutely correct. Uh, whenever there is a study or a poll that is done by a major music magazine or online site about the greatest concert ever, Queen's Live Aid and their 20-minute performance continually tops the list. And, you know, I, I think it, it was a number of things. Um, the the sheer amount of hits that they were able to pack into their 20-minute performance Um Freddie Mercury was absolutely beloved um, before and afterwards. And they just were hitting a a stride that the band knew that they were literally going to kill and, and um, everybody stepped up their game. They watched you two and Bono going into the crowd and finding um, a woman to slow dance with extending their version of bad by almost nine minutes. Um, Bob Geldof, Um, making the audience um, be quiet during the line. And the lesson today is how to die in I don't like Monday. So there were a lot of stirring performances by, but by the time that Queen came on, um, all the eyes were on them because they were still one of the biggest bands in the world, but this just elevated them to historic proportions.
0: What do you think goes on backstage? I mean, that day was all about uh, world hunger, of course, and everybody coming together to uh, help, but I can't help but believe that there was a little competitiveness going on with every band that uh, got on stage. Uh, If you went on, say, you mentioned U2, after U2, you wanted to uh, up them a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, um, I've spoken to a number of performers since Live Aid, including Bob Geldof, who I used to work with for a number of years. And he would be telling me the sheer amount of people that were throwing up in the backstage area, not because they were drunk. They were so nervous of potentially playing in front of a billion viewers from 110 countries, and that the the eyes of the world was on them, not just to not screw up, but they were planning on raising hundreds of millions of dollars for, for aid in Africa. So there was a lot of pressure on them, and, you know, and they're used to playing in front of 50,000 people, um, but when you're talking about a billion people, um, this was, uh, you know, this would make anybody's knees buckle. So there was a lot of nausea going on. But yeah, and competitiveness too. That once you get on stage, you realize that you're just playing into a regular arena crowd that is that wants to see you.
0: What was it 35 years ago that day from Queen's performance that stands out uh, for you? I always remember the, the hands. I think it was during Radio yeah. Gaga, right? And in unison, uh, I don't know what it was, sixty, seventy thousand. 70,000, just, uh, you know, all we hear is... That, that's what I always remember.
1: Look at you Sting. That's yeah. great.
0: Um, you know, <laughs> I it, apologize, it, by the way, and I should <laughs> there should have been a warning, a content warning ahead of time.
1: Exactly, and doing the drums, too. Um, you know, part part of it is... is is. Um, you know, not only was that just an amazing performance and they had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands, um, but we've seen, we've seen them never go away since then. And that was, that's super important when we talk about, um, you know, why, why that moment still, still resonates with all of us, with Freddie Mercury passing away, with, uh, Queen, the band, moving on, getting somebody like Adam Lambert, who is a fine frontman for any band, um, and then of course with the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, um, literally scene by scene, frame by frame, replicating to a T those 20 minutes. Um, in fact, there's a number of YouTube videos that do side by side comparisons to the actual live Aid performance to what we were watching in that um, in that movie doc and um, and. It was astounding. So you have a whole new generation of people that weren't around for Live Aid, had never seen it before, going back to the original footage, you know, helping raise even more awareness of just how brilliant screen work.
0: And that tells you just how seminal that performance was when the movie makers felt like they had to match it pretty much frame for frame, right? That they had to get that spot on. They had to get it right.
1: That's the only part where, where Remy, the actor, has said that if he screwed this up, it would kill his career. Everything else, he got a free pass for, he was saying. But that moment, it. so many people remember so many things um, that they had to get it right. And that's a lot of pressure for an actor as well. But, you know, like when you go through the sheer amount of performers from Culture Club to Duran Duran, Wham!, Bill Collins going by Concord from the UK to Philadelphia playing in the same day. Um, th- 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 you know, there's been a lot of festivals since then, obviously, that have tried to replicate the feel good story and the raising awareness story of a cause since Live Aid, but nobody has been able to do it on that scale. And since Woodstock, probably nobody had done that even before then, too. But, you know, this was a Forget about once in a generation. This is once in a lifetime that may never happen again.
0: Well, I was about to ask you, do you think this will ever be replicated? I know we're in the midst of a pandemic, and listen, we can't even have shows in small bars, so it's hard to you know, even sort of wrap your head around getting together in these sorts of numbers again. But you're right. I don't think we'll probably ever see a live aid the likes of it again.
1: Yeah, you know they've done they've done Band Aid twenty, doing different version of Do They Know It's Christmas every fifteen or twenty years or so to help raise more awareness and more funds for Africa. There's certainly been um, concerts like Global Citizen that have had a lot of big performers, um, but they tend to kind of. Nobody really talks about it two days later. I mean, here we are 35 years later talking about Live Aid in the same matter of breath of Woodstock. But there's never been, I think, a show that has, you know, the the Stevie Wonders or the Bob Dylans or Paul Simon, Bruce Springsteen. Those are legendary performers that we're going to be talking about 50 years from now. And there just hasn't been a concert like this. I, even for Woodstock, there's a lot of artists there that... Well, you know, that people forget about being there. But I think if you're a fan of, of the 80s or 70s or, or 90s, your favorite artist would probably be playing that live aid.
0: Without a doubt, 35 years, as I mentioned off the top, hard to believe. 35 years to the day. Eric, thanks as always. Appreciate
1: it. No problem. Thanks, Jeff. We'll All talk you. Right.
0: Our music expert, Eric Helper.